Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 10th chapter of John. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. When my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. What's the story behind your name? You named after somebody? Were there alternative names of what you could have been named? Perhaps you've had the responsibility of naming someone. It's kind of a big deal, isn't it? You know, there's, there's actually a professional baby namer. And this might not come as, as big of a surprise as she's based out of New York City. Uh, her services start at $1,500 a name. And they go all the way up to $30,000, which I can't even fathom what that name would be. That would cost $30,000. But this professional baby namer has made quite the business model out of naming little children. Uh, Her name's Taylor Humphrey, and for $10,000, she'll do the genealogy and investigate what would be a good name for your child. So here's what she had to say about her business. She said, it's easy to say that I just name people's babies for a living, but my work is so much deeper and more nuanced than that. See, my job is to hold space and provide spiritual, emotional, and physical support for my clients as they progress through the major life transition of becoming a parent. I've built my business on the premise that parents already know the right answer, but sometimes they just need a bit of guidance to remember and access the knowledge that already exists inside of them. Wow, I mean, what a way to to do this. Uh, Choosing the right name can be really stressful. I know this from personal experience. I've done it a few times. I've had to look through websites, flip through baby books. Sometimes you're just like searching for clues as as you hear different names out in, just out in the world. Wow, would that be a good name that would fit with the rest of the siblings? It can be a bit of an art form. The last child that we had had a very unique naming experience. And it starts with the original gender reveal, which was four years ago. So Taryn went in for the ultrasound, and she brought our daughter, Coraline, with her. So the plan was that Taryn was going to find out the gender with Cora, and then they'd come home and tell me so that I would be able to help in that process of, help, of helping to pin down the name in the, in the remaining months before this child was born, before the actual delivery date. And so they go, and, and when they came home, uh, my oldest daughter, Adina, who's named for my great-grandma, declared she didn't want to know the, na- know the gender of this child. And I said, that's great. You don't have to know. And then she said, and I don't want you to know either. 
And I said, wait, I didn't sign up for that. That's not fair. She's like, no, dad, seriously, I don't want to know and I don't want you to either. I'm like, okay, great. I can agree to this. Not a big deal. This won't last for more than a few days tops before you're going to cave and want to know. And then I'm like, but, and the, the other thing I can do is I can always ask your sister. Cora will tell me. She will just tell me. I, all I got to do is ask Cora. So I tried. But Cora was like a fortress. She wouldn't budge. I tried bribery. I tried every trick in the book. I'm like, Cora, come on. What's the gender? And Cora's like, nope. She held on to that secret for months. And so it was. We, we show up. It's Thanksgiving Day. That, that day is coming where this baby's supposed to arrive. So Thanksgiving night, 2018, Taryn and I go into the hospital. And we're in the, in the waiting room. And, and we're facing a bit of a naming crisis. You see, we, we had to have a name for, for both genders because we just, no matter what, we needed to make sure in case the ultrasound was wrong that we had ourselves, our bases covered. So here we are, we're waiting in the room and all of a sudden, like there's a sense of urgency to Taryn, like one that, yes, you know, I know she's about to deliver a baby, but she's like, look, we really got to na- name, pin down this name because right now, I'm not feeling confident that the names that we're going to have are the right ones. So I would suggest something just for her to be able to shoot it down. And that was my role in this. I I knew this. It was a very high-pressured situation. If only I would have known that there was a professional baby namer that I could have sought out and had a spare $1,500 laying around. But I didn't. And so finally, this name, which was too tough to call, we went into this delivery, just kind of rolling the dice. And as that eighth child was delivered... Taryn introduced me to Vienna. That name had been picked out long ago. She knew that this was going to be a baby girl. And so we picked this name out months ago. The one thing we were confident was what her name was going to be. But she spent that whole night and morning continuing to string me along to say, look, we got to come up with this boy's name. And I was so convinced that it was a boy that my reaction when Vienna was born, I'm sure, was priceless because I just was convinced it was going to be a boy. But she was known. Taryn had been calling her Vienna in her belly for months. Now, finally, I was in on the secret. I was able to welcome and greet Vienna into this world as well. Names give us belonging. They identify. It's how we help to refer to each other. It's how we have conversations with each other. Sometimes these names get shortened. Sometimes we get nicknames. Sometimes we go by our middle names. But each and every one of us here, when we were born, was given a name. Today's Good Shepherd Sunday. It's typically, this is the week uh, after Easter, where every year that the gospel is chosen, it's one of three particular passages from John 10 that can get lifted up. So today we, we heard what happens in John 10, this image of the gos- uh, in the gospel of, of Jesus as a shepherd, and how we hear and we know that we are belonging to this flock. Yet what Jesus is doing in this chapter is more than just gathering together and talking about his herd. So last week was the, the Sunday where, where Jesus reappears to the disciples for the third time. And 
you know, it's the Easter season, so we're, we're accustomed to like this time of post-resurrection where Jesus is appearing, and all of a sudden he's saying to Peter, hey, it's your job to go tend to my flock. You got to feed the lambs, take care of the sheep. And so I got all of those puns and jokes out of the way last week. You don't have to worry about that. I won't make any sheep jokes today. We get to just focus on what Jesus is doing. And in the midst of this, Jesus is calling Peter to tend to those sheep. So today, we kind of are doing a little bit of a flashback. We're going back to that time where Jesus first gave a hint as to what's going to need to happen. This shepherd model, this idea of what's going to have to happen for, for that ministry to continue after Jesus is gone. And so Jesus is not beloved by the leaders in the temple. Jesus is not welcomed there, and his teaching is not listened to uh, with, with open minds by the leaders in the temple. His miracles and his healing are not appreciated by them. Instead, they're seen as work. They're seen as things that he's doing on the Sabbath that he shouldn't do that's breaking from the law. They say, do this any other day but today on the Sabbath. Don't do this. These leaders are trying to get rid of him. They're trying to set him up as being someone guilty of blasphemy. So they ask if he's the Messiah. Simple yes or no question, right? Are you the Messiah? Yes, no, just tell it to us plainly. But Jesus never really does anything plainly, does he? Of course not. Instead, it says, Jesus says, look, the works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you don't believe because you don't belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. The sheep, they follow because they know Jesus' voice. These leaders aren't going to listen. They don't want to follow Jesus. They're, they're, they're not trying to get to know Jesus, to learn from him. They're actually trying to get to know him in order to destroy him. They see Jesus as the wolf, not as the shepherd. This answer that he gives doesn't lead to a positive response, obviously, but these leaders actually take it to an extreme. They took up stones again to stone him. They're not going to be successful, but there's something about this sentence that really sticks out to me. It's in italics. Again. What do you mean again? They took up stones again? You see, John 10 is kind of a bill, it's in the middle of a bigger narrative. So back in John 8, Jesus appears and there's a woman brought forward to Jesus by the leaders of the temple. And they said, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. And again, they only bring the woman. For some reason, the man isn't there with her. They just say, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery and is breaking from the law. And so they want to be able to stone her. Her punishment for her crimes, death by stoning. They're armed and ready. They have their rocks. They're ready to go. And Jesus says to them, well, okay, great. Let, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he starts bending down and scratching around in the dirt. It's kind of odd behavior. What's he doing? What's he writing in the dirt? There's some theologians who believe that while he's down on, the, on his knee tracing into the dirt, he's actually writing the names of those leaders of the temple, writing down their name. Let, he, let anyone of you by name who's without sin be the first to throw a stone. And they know that they can't say that they are without sin. So reluctantly, they drop those stones they walk away. Fast forward to today's reading. 
They have more ammunition. They have more to pin on Jesus. And they have their stones again. And this time it's Jesus who's the violator of the law. He's the violator. He's the blasphemer. He is the one who should be stoned. So Jesus says, look, if I'm not doing the works of my father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you don't believe me, don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Believe the works of the father. And then you may know. And then you may believe. I mean, this could have been the end for Jesus right here. He escapes through their hands. This belief starts to spread. Others start to know Jesus and believe. And this just threatens those in the temple even more. We believe in the works of of God. We believe in what Jesus has done. And it's through that belief that we have belonging. It's something that we name at baptism. We remember God says, I have called you by name. You are mine. But it's also something that we remember and we name at death through the commendation. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant. And then we say their name, their God-given name. We call it out. And we say, acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. It's through our name that we are part of the flock. But we have another name. It's a name that doesn't show up on our birth certificate, but it's a name that truly unites each and every one of us to Christ throughout the whole of our lives, no matter how old we are. It's a name that two of the recently departed saints of this congregation shared. It's the name Art Anderson, who died at 102 years old, and Mickey Lang, Reinhold being his God-given name. Reinhold died on his 96th birthday. They both died in the last few weeks, these World War II veterans. What a long, beautiful life that the two of these gentlemen shared as they pointed to God. But it's also a name shared by our most recent departed saint. Dylan was claimed as a precious child of God at the age of 15. They are each named a beloved child of God. It's a name that gives them belonging. It's a name that gives us confidence that through it all, the voice of Christ is the one leading us, the shepherd. It's a name that we know that we are claimed to. It's a name carefully bestowed upon us through the waters of baptism and called out to us throughout the course of our lives when we drift away or when we stray off the path, when we aren't with the other 99 and God calls our name and searches us out to bring us back to the flock. It's that, ni- it's that name, child of God. That's a real big deal. It's a name carefully bestowed upon each and every one of us from our loving God in heaven. This church, Faith Lutheran, this is a place of belonging. Whether you've been here since birth or if this is your first time checking out our congregation or if you're watching from home or you're here in the sanctuary, whether you're confident in God's grace 
or you're a little bit skeptical of how on earth could God truly love me. We're a church that listens for God's guidance. You are welcome. You are welcome here. You belong. Know that you belong and that you are a beloved child of God. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.